This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, in a way we're going to talk about protecting your stuff. What I worry about is uh, when people, uh, you know, when times get really tight, what do you do with the neighbors or the random passerby that comes up and is like, hey, you know, it looks like you guys have something to eat. Could, could you share some? You know, and, and more and more, I think the world and environment is getting, at least in America, where there's a entitled kind of, you know, we definitely have created the, it's not fair for you to have something and me not to have something mentality. Um, and it's very easy for people I think now, you know, there used to be some kind of pride and and stuff that, uh, you know, helped people back from that kind of, you know, there was an understanding that you had to work to eat kind of thing or, you know, you had to, um, you know, basically, you know, take care of your own family and that was your job. And people don't have that mindset anymore. People have the, well, if you have something, it's only fair you know, fair is a big word we like to throw around nowadays, that you share it with me. And when people come up, how do you decide who, who to help or who to turn away, you know, the baby and, you know, the lady, you know, it's not the baby's fault that he has crappy parents and that kind of thing. You know, it's always, you know, so who do you help or how do you help or, you know, that kind of thing is, is a tough decision. And I mean, I guess, you know, the, I guess the first key is to not let people know what you have. Right. I mean, that's kind of the idea is to not look like, Hey, look, he's out on the barbecue with uh steaks out there. 
and we haven't eaten in three days, probably not your better move. But I mean, I don't know, kind of what would your approach on that kind of thing be, Kevin? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I hear the babies are very tender, you know, yeah. uh, according to the, uh, you know, the Illuminati, they're, they're delicious. Um, but you want to steam them with the foil, right? The gold foil. Right, right. Like a baked potato. All right. <laughs> but the first thing I would say when it comes to that sort of stuff is uh, you want to be the one that that's making a decision whether or not you're sharing your preps. Um, so the first thing I would do is, is, um, uh, create an environment that makes it more difficult for somebody to try and take something from you. So the first thing I would say is, is, um, you have to, you have to defend your neighborhood. You know, if you live in a, in a community, um, it would be beneficial to be friends with the people that are around you, know the people around you, whether or not they have they have preps, whether or not they can, you know, handle a firearm. You know, a lot of the people that live around me own firearms and go to the range and, you know, they know how to use them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really an important thing. So, so getting your neighborhood together, uh, as a community is a great way of great first line of defense. Um, so the first thing I would say is making friends with your neighbors, you know, Yep. I think encouraging your neighbors to get on board, you know, like you said, getting to know and being friendly, but then kind of nudging them in the right direction, you know, talk to them in small stages, not, Hey, this is what I have come take my shit, but kind of motivating people. And you can tell when you have a discussion, uh, you know, the steps and then even, you know, wait it out like, Hey, Oh, you know, hey, I'm talking to you next week, and you already took some steps. Cool. Now maybe take this, you know, and you can kind of match them one for one on the thing. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I I started doing that, too. That's a great idea. You know, you don't need to, hey, I have a huge stockpile of everything. But you can kind of keep motivating them and nudging people in the right direction. And I think that's, you know, a direction when you want to go when you're, you know, talking to your neighbors. But you can even expand it to kind of your whole community. You know, maybe if you're a little more well off, you can uh, talk to, you know, the local fire department, talk to them about their generator or their fuel storage. And, hey, can we, you know, can we maybe donate a thousand dollars, but do this great thing that would help our community, you know, or or uh, set up some kind of you know, water filtration thing that you could add to their, you know, pumping abilities or, you know, different things. But think of how you can involve your community. Um, A lot of people, believe it or not, if you talk to your like Chamber of Commerce or, you know, different county people, you can actually work out some kind of, you know, county preparedness thing if it doesn't already exist. If it does exist, maybe you can get involved with it. Maybe it's something, you know, you can start to steer your county into being a little more prepared or your town or whatever. And the more, you know, you get to know, I mean, lately where I am, I've been getting uh, involved with town stuff. It was more my wife, you know, is doing farmer's markets and different things. But when I go to the town events, you know, I I ran into the mayor, I'm talking to the mayor and you know, we just, you kind of expand on things and well, Hey, how are we with things? 
And what could we do? You know, what are the strengths and weaknesses of the community? And, you know, I, I know uh, in one of these big budget bills coming up, they're uh, actually throwing like $5 million from the federal government to my nothing town. And they're talking about how to spend that. Well, these are the kind of, you know, things that you can kind of, hey, let's uh, let's see if we can't, you know, nudge things in a little more self-reliant, prepared kind of direction for the whole community. And even if it's, you know, hey, well, we're going to do sewer and, and, you know, running water and stuff for everybody. All right. Are there some things we can add to the approach of that that's going to make it a little more, you know, a little more prepper friendly, if if you will. But I don't know. I'm just saying maybe, you know, start to not just talk to your neighbors, but also like encouraging in the right direction and start to look at ways you can implement plans. As a yeah, whole. I think another another um, <clears throat> another idea is, is, you know, working on like a neighborhood watch type system, you know, mm-hmm. Um if you talk to local police departments, they're they're a big fan of that sort of stuff. You know, they want uh, they want people yeah. ratting on each other. They love that. Uh, it doesn't have to be that though. You know, it can really just be uh, getting to know who's in your community. You know, what types of people are around. You know, not just on your street, not just on the next street over, but you know, who, who what types of people are in your town. You know, are there people that you can rely on, or are there people that you you can meet that you know uh, have talents and and uh, skills that might might help out the the whole community. Um, are there a bunch of people living on on welfare? Uh, you know, is there? I have a about three miles from here. I have a hotel that they stash all the um, the pedophiles. Yeah. In, you know? Oh sure. Those, the those are things hotel. you want to be aware from. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I could tell you the name of the hotel. You know, I told my son that uh, whatever happens in his life, make sure you never end up at that hotel. You know, it's one of those one of those things. You know. But those yeah. are types of communities that you want to be aware of and you want to make sure aren't leeching into your community, you know? And the thing is, there's kind of always something like that in your community. So <clears throat> you do need to be aware of it. Um, if you think, oh, well, there's nothing like that around here, maybe you need to look a little bit because there might yeah, be. Look on Megan's you know? Law. There's, yeah, there's pedophiles all around you. You know, you yeah. think you might find one or two, you go on that website and it's like chicken pox, you know? all over your community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Another thing is, is keep up with your yard. You know, and I, I don't mean, uh, you know, make sure you cut your grass uh, every week and everything's, you know, your grass never gets higher than three inches. And But what I mean in general That's is- That's a good is, uh, rule to follow though. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, um, have clear fields of fire is really what I'm thinking about. You know, can you see from one of your windows, can you see up and down the street? You know, can you see, you know, just your, your driveway? Can you even see your driveway from your, from your window? You know, those types of things is, are, uh, you know, you want to kind of conceal your property as much as you can. uh, But you also want to be aware that you're the one that's, that's going to be spending most of the time keeping their eyes out, you know? Right. So uh, you want to make sure that you have, uh, you can see around you what's happening around you and, and what's going on. Another thing to add on to that is, is, uh, security systems, you know, cameras. Um, you know, I have some, uh, floodlights that are motion activated, you know, to light up the yard. If something goes, you know, goes on now, I have certain parts of the yard that they don't cover because I'd have, you know, deers and raccoon setting it off every, 
you know, right. every 10 minutes, but certain areas. Um, Let's, I, I had looked and you guys can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com if you wanted more information on what I saw. But I had looked, there are, you can get a uh, home security system with like four, maybe it might have been eight cameras, but I think it was four cameras with expandable to another, you know, to eight for like another 60 bucks, but it was like 200 bucks. But the thing was it recorded it that was available either Wi-Fi or with hard cables. <clears throat> and uh, they ended up having uh, I'm trying to think of how it played out, but it basically had a motion sensor that sent you text to your phone. And now I know you can get that kind of thing with uh, um, Simply Safe and like that, but this was with no contract, no nothing. It's doable for under two fifty. You just got to right. put some effort in and looking. And how cool is it? Hey, there's movement in your front yard. You just got a text while you're out at work, or you know, even if you're in the backfield, that's pretty cool. To hey, something's going on. You know, if right. not driveway alarms, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's funny. I actually just got pushed. Uh, I, I work for a, a corporation kind of thing and, uh, they have, you know, the big security system set up with, you know, 20 cameras and whatever. And every year they want to raise money for the United way. Cause yeah, they want to irritate me. And, uh, so they have this United way auction and they get rid of all the crap. Oh, here's some of our gym equipment. Here's some giant heavy equipment, you know, giant file cabinets, toolboxes, whatever. And nobody knew what it was. And I was staring. I was like, huh, they had a whole monitor set up and what looked like a DVD player. And it said, uh, you know, a DVDR on it, whatever. So I look at it and it ended up being from the security office, the entire, uh, you know, uh, like recording equipment, except it didn't have any of the cameras, but right. for the whole, you know, plant, factory, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, let me look at that. So I, I put it in my phone and I searched it out and it was like $3,800. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I can bid $50 on that. Cause right. if not, I'd go to the pawn shop and sell it, you know? Exactly. So, Sure, sure enough, nobody else knew what it was, so I got it for fifty bucks, and it has it has eight terabyte hard drive. Yeah, so you freaking, can record everything for years without for forever, you know. And I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. Now, mind you, the the simple individual, the stuff that I was looking at, probably was better, um, because it was more user friendly for the average man. But now I can open my uh, washing machine closet and see the big 20 screen uh, split on the big <laughs> monitor that came with it. And I'm like, center, yeah, huh? that's what's going on, you know. And I ended up, I found uh, cameras for like, I think I got four cameras for 60 bucks with cables. Because mm-hmm. when you live in a log cabin, turns out Wi-Fi cameras aren't the way to go. Wow. Um, doesn't go through the walls like you think it would. Um but my point is, you know, be looking for stuff, be thinking about ways to do it. But anyway, I don't know. I was excited about the whole camera, keep an eye, see who's coming to steal my shit thing. And 
I, uh-huh. It was like the nudge I needed to get off my ass and uh, do something, you know. So, yeah, another uh, another idea is, uh, you know, and this is this is all coming back to uh, you, the you being the one that's deciding, you know, who gets to, you know, who you're going to share your preps with. Um, that's that's the big thing of prepping is being in control, right? And that's right. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So you know. One of the options that you have is, is, you know, keeping your, your preps uh, hidden or, you know, locked up. That way, if you're not around, uh, nobody can get it, get to it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no benefit in uh, breaking into your house if once you break into the house, everything else is, you know, padlocked and, and uh, you know, or not even in the house, you know, or you don't not see even, it, right. uh, able to find. Right. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's another thing is you might not be at your house 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you don't want somebody to be able to just kick the front door down and go through all your stuff. Um, you know, when people know you own firearms, it puts you on, you know, puts you on their radar. People, people know that they can, they can make a lot of money by stealing firearms. Uh, so you don't just don't want it to be easy for them, you know, don't want, you know, you don't want your front door to be able to be kicked in and you don't want them to just be able to walk into your bedroom and, you know, look under your bed and, and pull all your guns out and walk out the front door and, and, uh, be gone before you even, uh, get home from work. Right. You know? So that that's another thing is that even though you have your preps and you have, you know, some OPSEC, you don't, you don't, not everybody in the world knows about them. And uh, all that sort of stuff, you know, making it more difficult to uh, to try and get, you know, steal, seize, whatever your stuff is, uh, is really uh, is really important. Yeah, I mean, setting up the barriers um, to to finding your stuff or whatever is really crucial. Um, you know, we we've done episodes on like hidden cache and things like that. And that's something to really consider. You know, one is not, you know, blabbing your mouth about everything you have, you know, having the survival podcast where everybody knows, oh, that's the crazy survival guy over there. He's going to have all the shit I want. But right. also, um, you know, um, but also once, you know, you do have it, like you're saying, to make sure it's well hidden. And, you know, just like uh, when I was up in New York, how I buried all my guns underneath the pond. I mean, that was brilliant, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, hey, I'm just saying you may want to you know, find anymore. a way to. Are they? It's pretty hard to get that shit back out once you do it. It's one of those <laughs> things you got to fully commit. You know how people are like, oh, all my guns are at the bottom of the lake. Well, all mine are at the bottom of the pond because. Yeah, once you start digging it out, the water keeps coming back in. I thought I could dam it up somehow. Uh, it, it, it's not not as easy as you think. Is all I'm saying. But anyway, teach his own. Yep. Now, now, what we want to get get to uh, with all this stuff is, um, you know, when when people come to your house. You know, if there's if there's an emergency, if there's a you know, if there's a major power outage, which 
right. you know, won't be the first time that's happened in this country in the past couple of right. years. You know, it's not it's not a crazy thing to think that you might, you know, the whole area might be out of power for for days. Well, think of um, even something as simple as like wildfires, you know, right. pushing people out of their homes and all of a sudden they don't have their stuff. And, you know, hotel rooms move fill up pretty quickly when. You know, I mean, honestly, your best answer is like, hey, I have a friend in the other side of the country, in New Jersey, right. that I'm going to go stay with. Cause, mm-hmm. Yeah, because good, good luck finding a hotel if, you know, even if you can afford one, because there's a lot of people that are in a position where they can't afford to right. drop $200 a night for, for three weeks, you know? And you might not be able to afford to go across the country, but I just, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why you plan ahead. One, you can plan ahead by setting aside money, but two, you can plan ahead by, hey, here's all our tank gear and stuff ready to go, and we can drive over. I know where there's a campground that's in a pretty safe area, you know, and I'm talking 75, 100 miles away or whatever, because obviously fires move and, you know, being out in the woods is probably not where you want to be in a forest fire, but, you know, whatever, each his own, right? Right, but those, but they're, but just because you're planning that sort of stuff doesn't mean that you don't live 200 miles away and uh, people that haven't planned, you know, might not be coming through your area. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, when it comes down to the morality of it, you know, uh, you know, I have nieces and nephews and, uh, you know, people like that, family members that I'm going to welcome into my home, you know, mother-in-law, maybe not the case. You know, she might be on, she might be on her own, but you know, when it comes down to it, um, you really have to have in your mind who you're going to help ahead of time in in a worst case scenario. Um, you can't just help every single person that needs to be helped, uh, without putting your own family in, in danger or at risk. And uh, when it comes down to these things, it's it's great to be able to help out somebody. You know, it's great to be able to trade some toilet paper to your neighbor. You know, help your neighbor out so they can they can wipe their butt. I know we had some some issues in in my neighborhood where toilet paper was very val- valuable last year. You know, All a couple right. of rolls here and there get, got you a good uh, uh, good relationship with everybody uh, around you that you could help but out. They always want the soft plush, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I will say. Shit. That that Scott that that's not as soft and plush is mm-hmm. still a lot better than leaves and sticks and a pine yep. cone. And it's it's even better than I'll say paper towel or something. It's yeah. still a yeah. move in the right direction, you know? <laughs> so when people have nothing, you're still, you know, ahead of the game. That's um, right. Like you said, it's really important to decide who who you're gonna and it doesn't need to be the individual like, oh, you know, well, I'm going to help cousin Amy and I'm going to help whatever. But Uncle Jim, fuck that guy. He ain't coming in. It's it's not so much like that. It's kind of decide also on the situation. Um, you know, if it's a random person, I could do this for him. Um, if it's, you know, a random mother with two babies and no. But also, you know, people become kind of tricky. Uh, when things get more and more desperate and they're willing to lie and you wouldn't think that people in the world might lie to you, but they do. And there's, you know, some shady shit out there and you got to be able to kind of use discernment and judgment 
Um, one of the things I've seen people do is they kind of demand a trade even if they don't need anything, um, mm-hmm. if, if you're willing to share. Um, and I think that sets a better precedent of, you know, hey, I'm not the guy who's going to, you know, come here and I'll give you free shit and you can take advantage and I have so much to spare. If you frame it as, well, what have you got? Oh, you know, because I really need that. And I could give you a little bit of food for your baby or I could give you, you know, a gallon of water to help you with your travel if you gave me this. And then it kind of, well, you know, people don't look at it because, oh, he needed, he didn't have everything he needs. Being able to frame it like that, I think, really sets a better, you know, tone. But you're going to get lots of people who have, you know, and and I'm talking about in a a true like shit hits the fan kind of scenario where you end up with like an EMP or something where FEMA or somebody isn't coming to help in the near future or they got to get, you know, 30 miles away to get to the FEMA camp. It's going to be different than, you know, your day to day, you know, your, your week of no power helping your neighbors out when you can. And, you know, when you know the power's coming back on next week, you just got to get through the tough times. You know, I I don't think that you believe there was never going to be toilet paper again when you were sharing your toilet paper, you know? That's right. You were like, you know, well, it's very probable that for the next three months I might have a hard time getting toilet paper because that ended up being the case that it was at least three months. But it was still realistic that if you had a reasonable supply helping out the people closer to you can actually buy you a lot of, you know, good relations. And it also gives you the opportunity to talk to people and say, Hey, you ran out of toilet paper. You know, this could happen again. You know, people tend to move on and forget right away, but you know, you could say, hey, what else, you know, maybe even talk to them. Hey, what else could we run out of? You know, that's that's kind of the conversation starter when they get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're having a real hard time getting coffee or whatever. And you can say, you know, what, what other things might really be tough to get, you know, with whatever events are happening in the world. And you can kind of set the stage with that. And I think that's going to be a great you know, opportunity for you guys to, you know, open the door. But so I think the first thing is, is definitely frame it as, you know, um, you know, a quid pro quo and, you know, Hey, I'm really limited on what I can give you, but you know, I I do do better with water than other stuff. And I I can give out a lot of water because I have easy access to it, but you know, you got to still bring me something in trade kind of thing. And I think when you set it like that, it makes you not the charity sucker. And and it's not that you can't be kind, you know, what, what Jesus teaches us to, you know, be kind, but it kind of goes back. You know, there were a lot of lessons in the in the Bible too of, you know, well, teach a man to fish, you know, don't just right. give him fish, you know. Um, you, you teach a guy how to get his own food. And to be honest, that's one of the best ways to weed out somebody's intentions is right. if they're willing to pay or work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there are definitely people who just want free shit, and there always has been. That's not just our modern world and society. There's always been crappy, lazy people. And, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, that that's the answer. And I'm not saying you have to work for me, but you also don't need to come take charity from me. Um, now, there's an, another thing, though. You'll get the people, and again, I'm talking about end of the world, no more, you know, uh, law enforcement anytime soon coming and and you know the, you call 911 and it's busy and nobody answers that kind of world um and it's going to be that way for a while then i think you need to kind of shift your mindset um at that point people become a lot more of a threat and your supplies become very valuable you know when somebody comes in and takes your guns or your your food supplies or your, your, you know, contaminate your water source or do something like that. They're taking away your, you know, your means to survival. They're basically killing you when they take all your food and you don't have a way to get new food, you know? Right. And you need to be able to see that picture in your mind, you know, understand what's going on. And again, that's in that scenario. That's not the case when, you know, hey, we're not going to be able to open the grocery store till next week. That doesn't mean you go shoot your neighbor. All right. That's not the the approach. But when, you know, things aren't coming back, you need to be protective of your stuff and you need to be aware, you know. And when you see the guy with the shifty eyes and you know he's talking to you, and you're like, well, he's just asking for food. I can't just shoot him. I don't know. You need to be aware. Is this going to come back? It is so much easier to nip something in the bud and before it becomes a big problem and he rallies up 20 people to come back and raid your house tonight. Um, it's so much better to deal with it right then. And I'm just saying you need to be aware of these scenarios. You need to trust your gut. And the thing is, I think we need to start paying attention to our intuition and like get to know, you know, of trusting your gut, you know, play out scenarios and then see how they play out in real life at work, you know, or, or wherever you come across people. Um, when you interact with people, you know, see how it plays out, um, you know, take a guess, make a prediction and be like, hey. I bet when I told this guy that now he's going to go and do this and see how it plays out. And more and more, just start trying to listen to your feelings and your, you know, your gut instincts and see how it plays out. Because when you see the shady guy, I and your 15-year-old daughter, and, you know, and it's the end of the world and nobody's answering 911, you know, there's a good chance that guy's going to come back later. Um and it's better to get to the bottom of that. Uh, that's one of the big reasons I really enjoy like all the prepper novels and, you know, what is it? Prepper fiction, whatever they call it. One of the reasons I'm so into it is it just gives me an opportunity to play out different scenarios. And there's other people who've played out these scenarios and, and you get to see their take on it and whatever. But a lot of the, 
the scenarios are kind of inevitable. Um, it's going to happen and you need to be aware of that. And, you know, when people are desperate, they do desperate things. And time and time again in history, that's why, you know, Kevin and I are both big fans of history. And that's one of the things you get to see how human nature is, how things have played out in the past and what people are willing to do. And I mean, the fact that, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, we'd never turn to cannibalism because that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you look into history and you're like, well, I don't know if people are desperate. People do desperate things. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. You need to understand the levels of human nature and understand your world and society. See how people are acting. See how when, you know, people tell their local police department hey, we're going to stand down and let the people really protest and show their feelings because, you know, they're entitled to that. Right. See what happens. And that's fine as long as you don't live on that block. Yeah. When it's in your neighborhood, you know, that's not not a great scenario for you. Right. And that's, you know, that's human nature. So I guess that's, you know, what I wanted to talk to you guys and, and get you to think about this week is just... You know, think about how you're going to deal with people who come up and approach, you know, you asking for stuff. And how much could we plan ahead now where we encourage people to really take the steps to, you know, go ahead and uh, start preparing and take care of themselves now. But I also think being put on the spot with people asking for stuff and think about, like I know when I went on like vacation in New Orleans, you get the people coming up and, you know, they kind of play a trick on you with the, you know, hey, um, you know, if I tell you where you got your shoes, uh, would you give me $20 kind of thing? You know, think about these things before you even, you know, get into a situation like that. Because mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, these are things that are going to play out and it's tough to do it on the spot and in the spur of the moment. But if you start creating a mindset, you know, of, you know, this is how I'm going to look out for myself. This is how I'm going to protect my family. This is what I'm willing to do. This is how far I'm willing to go. These are the lines I'm willing to cross. Decide that when you're in control. And that's the thing. And then you can do whatever you want to do when the time comes, but you're prepared for it. You know, my kids, uh, you know, sometimes are like, well, you know, it's easy for you because you know what to do in this situation or whatever. You know, you always handle things. And I'm not talking about like prepper survival stuff. Just, well, the difference is I've played these scenarios out, you know, instead of just being lost in, uh, you know, yeah, I'm watching the same SpongeBob episode for the hundredth time. Instead, you know, I play out different scenarios and I I talk about things and discuss with people to the point of nauseam kind of thing, you know, where I annoy people because I discuss things so much. And I repeat things because I want them to be ingrained in my children, you know. I want them to be prepared because I've spent the time thinking of stuff. I want them to kind of play it out the same way where they can handle something when something comes up because you can't always be around your family to protect them. 
So we really got to train them up right. But in order to protect your family, you got to train yourself with the right mindset. And I think that's, you know, what it all comes down to is thinking ahead and, and planning. And it's not just having the food and having the whatever, although that's huge. Also having the right mindset of what am I going to do and not hesitating because, you know, have quick, decisive action. That's what you need in life. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got. What else you got, Kevin? Anything else going on this week or? No, it's that's exciting. really all I wanted to touch on. Um, I got a, uh, we got an email uh, earlier today from somebody oh. in Idaho um, wanting to that's encourage a place. people to, to move out to Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. said, it's awesome. He said, you can get a concealed carry uh, without a permit. You can, uh, it's like a free free state apparently still. So I'm going to have to look into this. Maybe we can uh, do an episode just on Idaho in the next uh, next couple of weeks. And they have potatoes. They have potatoes and no permits. And now for potatoes are used to make french fries, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, it's an important I state. See there could be something there. Yeah. That definitely could be something worth looking into then. So – If you enjoyed this episode, you can leave a review wherever you downloaded it. That really helps us out. Um, You can support us on Patreon.com at Prepping Badass. Or no, sorry, Patreon.com slant Prepping Badass. And if you have questions, concerns, or ideas for show topics or things you want to talk to us about or hear about, maybe you have a badass product you want to promote and you want to talk to us about, you know, getting together, uh, maybe, uh, you know, advertising your product on this podcast, we might be able to work something out. What you'd want to do is email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. And otherwise, I'd say stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.